Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. For the Steakhouse. You're about to experience the fastest two hours in radio history. With Stig Shapiro. There's a reason I'm drinking warm vodka in the breaks. Sandra Golden. Listen, I love a petty party and I am right in the heart of it. Rusty Menzel. My grammar hasn't got me to this point in my career. And Drew Butler. What are you going to say when it happens? That I'm the man? It's the Steakhouse. Brought to you by John Foy and Associates. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Oh, very happy Friday. John Fricky in for uh, Steak and Sandra and I guess Drew and Rusty. Uh, it, it takes one guy to fill in for four because they, you know, I, I'm i here and they're they're off having a good time. But but that's good for you and it's good for me because we get to chat over the next couple of hours here on the Steakhouse and uh, talk to you about uh, college football. What Wow, it is that time of the year, isn't it? I mean, we're getting ready. It, it really kind of ramped up a little bit last night. It really ramps up tonight. And then we'll get the Cotton Bowl later tonight. And then tomorrow, I was at the airport yesterday picking up my mom. And um, so, so while we're waiting at the airport, by the way, can I just stop for a second here? Uh, welcome to the show. I should probably say this. Welcome to Oren. How you doing this morning, Oren? Before yeah. I get way afield here. <laughs> Once again, the, the owners are gone. The owners of the steakhouse are gone. So I have been welcomed back into the steakhouse while the owners are away. So there we go. Yes. Well, I, you know, you're always welcome around me. I mean, yeah, we're, I appreciate we're good. It. You're not going to kick yeah, me out yeah. of here. So no, I'm not. I would never do that. As a matter of fact, we specifically wanted you on the morning show back in the day. Uh, anyway, yeah, it's always good to be wanted somewhere. Always good to yes. be wanted. Um, so I'm at the airport yesterday, Warren. And uh, first off, I'm waiting for my mom to come up, you know, from the from the flight, you know, up the, uh, you know, the train and all that kind of stuff, and uh, up the escalator there. They've taken out because they're building these like new uh, elevators at the top of the escalators. And so there's like no seating. There's like six seats. That's it. Remember the, all the seating you used to have kind of in that waiting area right around the restrooms at the top of the escalator? Oh, no, that's all gone. <laughs> it's, like, okay. And it's packed. So we have to stand there for like you know, an hour. You know, I don't know. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying there's just no, no, no place to sit. But in the course of this, uh, and it shouldn't have been any surprise, uh, is that, you know, they come in waves if you're standing there. You know, here's a plane, and then there, and then there's another plane and whatever. It, it, nonstop, Penn State and Ole Miss fans. I mean, and this is just because they uh, the nature of where they live. More Penn State than Ole Miss because Penn State fans, you know, have to fly in a little bit more. But I was like, oh, man, this, you know, this game's going to be sold out. I know Connie's going to be there tomorrow. You know, this might actually be one of the good bowl games because right now – John, you mean the game last night wasn't a good game, John? The Pop-Tarts Bowl wasn't a good game? Well, I mean, I guess it was. I mean, you got to eat the trophy. The pomp and circumstance that surrounded that. I think people sort of – it's like when you had the Duke's Mayo Bowl or what was it, the the Outback Bowl a few years ago when someone dressed as a blooming onion. There's some bowls that just sort of get it. And the Pop-Tarts Bowl realized that, hey, we're not one of the New Year's Six – we're not in the CFP, you know. We're not one of the 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 kind of the bigger bowls. But what we are going to do is we're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to not take ourselves seriously. And in doing that last night, they sort of became a uh, a viral sensation. So shout out to the Pop Tarts Bowl last night for for knowing exactly what the assignment was and having that bowl and and and, and broadcasting and marketing that bowl and they passed it. No, no, I, I, I totally agree. T- 
Totally agreed, Oren. It's that I still don't care. I mean, all the stars are gone. Like, Arizona beat Oklahoma last night by a couple of touchdowns. What a season uh, Judd Fish had with Arizona and resurrecting that that program. Of course, they're now off to the Big 12. They're not part of the pack. They're, okay. But anyway, Arizona was a great football program, dead in the water for a long time. This year ends up winning 10 games, beating Oklahoma in a bowl game. Uh, their star quarterback, Noah Fafita, had a big game again yesterday. But they're playing like guys that have never played for Oklahoma because there's no Dylan Gabriel. He's long gone. He's up in Oregon. So you're playing against a guy who threw like three passes this year. I'm like, oh, okay. This is what's going to make the Orange Bowl tomorrow kind of sucky because, Oren, let's just be clear here. Uh, uh, unless Georgia just kind of puts on, you know, puts it in, you know, park, they're going to win the game 42-3. to Florida State's got no players left. I mean, they're going to be – well, when I say no players, they've got good young players, but they've got a lot of guys who have never seen, you know, more than a few snaps in the game having to go in and play in a game against no less than pretty much the real Georgia Bulldogs. Yeah, I mean, it's just – the whole season is weird, though, because Georgia hasn't played Florida. They haven't played each other in in years, so you – the young guys out there, there's no prior tape or knowledge of what these guys can go out there and do either. So, I mean, I think it's going to be for maybe a, a quarter and a half. It's going to be sort of a filling out process. And then maybe, you know, get to the end of the second, early third. That's maybe when Georgia kind of steps on the gas and, 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 and pushes away. Well, that would be that would be typical of Georgia this year. I mean, that's what they do. Also you know, they true. always start – yeah, this just starts. So, how about the Browns last night? You want to talk about? Okay, you know nobody's everybody's opting out. You got to play with your backups. The Cleveland Browns clinch a playoff spot. They go to eleven and five, and they do so with Joe Flacco and Jerome Ford, not with Deshaun Watson and Nick Chubb. Yeah, they've got nobody left on that team, and they still win games. That has been maybe the undersold story the NFL this year has been the Cleveland Browns. If the Ravens drop their last two games and if Cleveland wins next week, you know who the number one overall seed in the AFC is going to be? A Joe Flacco-led Cleveland Browns. How about that? How about this dude's just kind of kicking it a couple of weeks ago? And and playing pickleball. Yeah, playing pickleball. And Joe Flacco, who, you know, oh, Russ is too old. Joe Flacco's older than Russ. I mean, Joe Flacco is like pushing 40. And, you know, and to do it, again, he played for the old Cleveland Browns and won a Super Bowl, and now he's playing for the new. And, and because the some, some younger fans may not know, the Baltimore Ravens were once the Cleveland Browns, okay? And they moved from Cleveland, middle of the night. Art Modell moved into Baltimore. And so uh, that was the Cleveland Browns. And, the, and then there were no Cleveland Browns. There was no team in Cleveland for a couple of years. And finally the NFL said, this is really embarrassing. We've got to have the Browns back. They're a legacy franchise. And they brought the franchise back. Uh, so the fans of Cleveland really, if they hate, hated it, they hate the Baltimore Ravens because it was their old team. And so uh, there's this incredible rivalry between the two. And Joe Flacco was the quarterback of the Baltimore Ravens when they won the Super Bowl. The Cleveland could never win. So that was another thumb in their eye. And then they get Flacco to come play quarterback. And they're like, this dude? Oh, and now he's, he's like a folk hero. What does that I say mean, about, like, old fighters? Like, old fighters, you know, they, they might get old. The footwork might not be the same as it used to be, but they still know how to punch. Like George Foreman mm-hmm. in his older years, like he couldn't move like he could oh, before, yeah. but George. he still know how to punch. Uh, Joe Flacco might not be able to move the way he could. He might not be as quick and as spry, but he can still throw the deep ball 
about as well as anybody in the NFL right now. And that arm is still as potent as ever was. So, I mean, hey, if you can play, man, you can play. And Joe Flacco's just reminding everybody that, you know, hey, I remember I, I, I was a Super Bowl MVP. I That playoff run they went on, what was it, uh, like 11 touchdowns and zero interceptions and got paid off that touch, off that, that Super Bowl run. So, I mean, Joe Flacco wasn't a slouch. Oh, and by the way, here, we I just want to let you know, know, and it's a great story. Cleveland Browns is a great story. As you opt out, and we get to the you know semifinals, the, the two games where everybody's kind of opting in, the NFL this week, because of the nature that it's week 17, so many critical games. Obviously, the Falcons is a critical game. Saints of Bucks is a critical game. And there's tons of critical games. I mean, because right now only eight teams have been eliminated uh, from the playoffs, so... There's a ton of critical games with uh, so many teams still alive, even if it's only like next to nothing chances. Uh, There are a couple of really big games, though. Uh, Sunday, the Dolphins and the Ravens play. Uh, Orrin just told you about the implications of that with Cleveland. Potentially, we're talking about the number one seed. Uh, That is a huge game. Saturday, tomorrow, is a gigantic game in terms of the potential of the number one seed, or at least maybe the number two behind San Francisco, of the Lions and the Cowboys, because we're going to have to figure out, you know, of the Cowboys and, and of course, they're both in, but still the Cowboys and the Eagles, who's going to be the division champion and who's going to have to, because of the Cowboys and the Eagles, one of those two teams isn't just going to be a wild card. They're going to be a wild card team that has to go on the road. And so uh, it'll be really a, a big game for both, especially in Dallas, where the Cowboys pretty much have to win, and you're going to be able to hear that game live on Sports Radio 92.9, the game tomorrow night. Our coverage begins at 745 between the Lions and the Cowboys. All right, so much going on. Or I, I, I had a, a quick text right before the show today from my wife uh, showing me the Radar O'Reilly here at the Northern Studio. It looks like we might get a little uh, we might get a little snow here in the next 20 minutes or so. I haven't seen snow around here in a long time. You live so far north. I always forget about that, that you live up in... Snowland. So I mean, maybe a little bit of snow. You know, I'll, have to, I'll take a picture if I get any. All right. Uh, Please we're do those open flurries. Up the phone lines. <laughs> I make flurry too. Uh, we're going to open up the uh, phone lines here in just a moment. Uh, when we get back, talk to you at 404-726-0929. Big question about college football that was put to me that I'm going to put to you. John Fricky in for the Steakhouse today on Sports Radio 90. John Fricky in for Steak and Sandra today till 11 o'clock. And the way this show is going to work, the way I, I like to do shows, the reason I got in, I left television to, to get into full-time radio again, was to do talk shows. And when I do talk shows, yeah, occasionally an interview, for example, but what I really like, and I love talking to, you know, the, the guys, whether it's, uh, you know, Abe and Garrett tomorrow on the college football show or, or Harper and Joe on on the Wade Ford tailgate show. I, I, I love talking to all of you. So you can call in. You're not a caller in my world. You're a guest. We can disagree without being disagreeable. That's fine. We can disagree and just, okay, we have different opinions. That's fine. No reason to be all hot and bothered about things. But, you know, sometimes I know it gets that way. Uh, at 404-726-0929. Be nice to Oren when you call in. Okay, just do. I mean, he's he's down there holding down the fort today. But it's Friday, John. Are we yeah, not going to be by ourselves? Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. We're not gonna do buyers. It's Friday though. I thought we do buyers. I thought I thought we do buyers sell on Fridays. Oh, we do. 
I no, we, um, we're not we're not doing buy or sell. I'm joking, Chuck. Oh, okay. <laughs> That, is, that, is, that I, is not a worry I, I, you, you no, need to concern okay. yourself with. There is, okay, uh, good. I was sitting here good, about to go into a panic, you know. I mean, no. going, I, I don't have anything ready for buy or sell. Buy or sell, um, no, John. I <laughs> no, wouldn't I, force that upon okay. anyone. You're good. Uh, anyway, uh, the, the, the point is is that, you know, you need to be nice to Orrin on two fronts. One, he's a hardworking man. He's down at the studio, all that kind of good stuff. Plus, if you've never met him, uh, he's like six foot nine. okay? I mean, I'm a gentle huge. giant, and, man. I, you say that, but I don't want to see the other side. Of the, you want to see here some funny? Six foot nine of you. What? Shout out to Randy's mom. Randy's okay. mom met me for the first time when we had our 10-year anniversary party at the brewery last yeah, year. Yeah, 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 I'm like, right. hey, I'm Orrin. And she goes, oh, my gosh, the voice does <laughs> not match the body type. And I went, oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She thought you were probably going to be like Bo, like a little guy. No, yeah, no, she no. sees me, and if she hears the voice, she's like, they're just – just, just they, they don't they don't sound alike, but I'm like I'm you know I'm 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 sweet, I'm gentle. It's like there when, we go. when people meet Chris Berman for the fir- first time. You know, I'm presuming that anybody remembers Chris Berman at this point, uh, but you know, because uh, he's like six nine. I mean, he, he's huge. Well, I know he was a giant like that. Oh yeah, he big. Speaking he of that, big, John. Speaking of that, guy. we're in the I mean, age I'm now. Si- I, I'm, I'm six two. I, I, I was just gonna say I'm six two. But there are some people on television that are either like Bob Costas, who's really short, you know, kind of Tom Cruise short. And not, not that there's anything wrong with that. They're just smaller people, that's all. And, and people who are huge, you know, that you don't expect to be, you know, giants. Um, you know, Bill O'Reilly is a giant. He's like 6'9". And and Chris Berman is a giant. He's like six eight, six nine. <laughs> Just like, oh wow, okay, dude, you're huge. <laughs> We're in that and age that now, way. John, where uh, they announced the finalists for the Hall of Fame. So we're at that point now where with Sam Baker's dad, who is ginormous, is going to mm-hmm. start appearing at people's doors with that huge individual. You're talking about a large. You just made me think about that. Like, yeah, that large guy is going to come to somebody's door and knock on it with great news. <laughs> exactly. like, man, I don't know why you're here. Oh, now I know why you're here. Okay. But if you didn't know who that guy was and he was at your door, like, uh, yeah, but he'd be, he'd be, trouble? He'd be bearing good news. He's bringing good news. He's bringing good news. He bringing gold jackets here. Uh, so today in college football, we have the Gator Bowl at noon, Clemson and Kentucky. We have the Sun Bowl in El Paso at 2 o'clock, Oregon State and Notre Dame, which on paper sounds like a pretty good game, right? I mean, Oregon State and Notre Dame sounds like a except Oregon State doesn't have its number one quarterback in DJ Uyunglele. It doesn't have its number two quarterback in Aiden Childs, who's already off to Uyunglele doesn't have picked a school yet. It, it's like Miami or FSU. Uh, probably FSU, and uh, Aiden Childs is off to Michigan State to play with his old coach because the coach at Oregon State left Jonathan Smith to go to Michigan State. So Oregon State doesn't have its head coach. It doesn't have its top two quarterbacks and other players. Notre Dame doesn't have its number one quarterback in Sam Hartman because Riley Leonard from Duke will be coming in next year. It doesn't have its number one running back in Audric Estime, who's opting out to uh, go to the NFL draft. And so there's like nobody left. And that's kind of the problem here. I mean, it's like Oregon State's backups against Notre Dame's backups. And this is the problem with bowl games. Also today, the Liberty Bowl, Memphis and Iowa State. And then tonight, one of the games that I think most of us would be kind of interested in uh, is uh, Missouri and Ohio State. Now, Ohio State's not going to have its starting quarterback, Kyle McCord, who went into the portal and ended up going to Syracuse. Okay, Um, that doesn't sound – no offense, Syracuse. Ohio State to Syracuse, not exactly a lateral move. Uh, but uh, 
So, they're, they're, so I don't know how much of a loss McCord is to them because he at times struggled this year anyway. Uh, so Missouri and Ohio State, at least, you know, kind of prominent game in the Cotton Bowl at AT&T Stadium in Arlington. So that'll be tonight. Now, it brings up the question that I want to talk to you about today because it was something that was asked of me, and I want to ask it of Oren, and then I want all of you to tell me how you feel about this. We are going through upheaval in college football. One of the reasons I want this to go so quickly, and one of the reasons I'm in favor of Florida State beating the ACC and getting out of the grant of rights is Florida State will eventually, just hear me out, eventually Florida State, this is a divorce, right, between Florida State and the ACC, and I think that Clemson and North Carolina and North Carolina State and Virginia, for that matter Georgia Tech, probably all ought to sign on to Florida State's lawsuit that they filed against the ACC because this is going to happen. This divorce will happen. The question is when and how. Florida State's leaving the ACC. That's it. There's no going back. Once the lawsuit was filed, whatever Florida State did in the ACC, I mean, it's over. And I need it to be over, and it's not an anti-Jim Phillips ACC thing. I need us to get to Super Conference as quickly as possible in the next couple of years because I'm tired and worn out by all the dragging of feet here, you know, the dissolution of the uh, Pac-12, and, you know, now the, the Big Ten has 18 teams and the SEC has 16. And, you know, there's eight teams in the ACC that all want to pack up and go. And Georgia Tech ought to be one of them because if it's not, they'll get left out. And you don't want to be left out of Super Conference. You just don't. I mean, because the next level down will be good, but it won't be, it won't be Super Conference. Uh, so, um, you know, think of group of five versus power five. You don't want to be in the group of five. And Georgia Tech gets left out, they'll be in the – air quotes, group of five. So uh, I, I need this to all kind of take place because of the upheaval here. Now, because of the up, upheaval here, I am curious because the question was put to me, and I'm putting it to you at 404-726-0929. Have the portal, the NIL, all this realignment, the playoff expansion to 12 uh, team playoff next year, all the $100 million of school mega TV deals like the Big Ten is getting, um, the opt-outs that we're talking about that have made these bowl games, you know, Oregon State backups versus Notre Dame backups, all the opt-outs, and uh, all this, and possibly the coming of the Super Conference, has this ruined college football for you? Because I have a, a friend of mine who I was conversing with who said, he's out. He, I'm not, I'm not, he says, I'm so sick of it. I can't stand it. I'm out. It's ruined the game. You know, uh, it's all about, you know, money anymore. It's not what it was. Has it ruined the game for you? Now, Oren, with all the upheaval, and we're still in the middle of the throes of the upheaval here because Florida State's, you know, latest salvo here to break up the ACC. Has this ruined college football for you, all this that's going on? No, because the product on the field is still fun. It hasn't directly affected when, when it starts to affect the product that's on the field every Saturday. That's when it will start to, you know, trying to change my opinion on that. But the games are still fun to watch. The atmosphere is still great to attend. Everything surrounding it is a lot of fun. It's great. So yeah, just it it I guess it sucks, but it also doesn't suck that we're in the the era that we that we're in now with conference realignment and the NIL and whatnot, but that was just sort of the natural progression of all of this at some point or another. College football wasn't going to stay the way it was for as long as it was with 
the millions and billions of dollars that were being generated that were surrounding it. So, yeah, just the product on the field is is fine. The product on the field is fine. I'm okay with that. I can still sit there and watch a college football game and enjoy watching a college football game. So, because of that, no, I'm not affected by it. It's interesting. I, I agree with Oren. It doesn't. It, it has not ruined the game for me. Uh, when Georgia tees it up against Florida State, when we get on uh, Monday night, when we get to the semifinals, and uh, and we're talking about uh, you know Alabama and uh, you know Texas and Michigan and Washington and all these four you know legacy schools, all former national champions, uh, and, you know, and they're all mixing it up. You know, even if you don't think that it's right that Georgia and Florida State were left out, set that aside. Uh, I'm still going to be really keenly interested, uh, and I'm going to be want to watch the games. I mean, there's a lot of pageantry. There's going to be Harbaugh. There's going to be Saban. You know, it's going to be Sarkeesian. There'll be, you know, the Quinn Ewers and Milrow and McCarthy and, uh, you know, Michael Penix. And if you're a Falcons fan, you might want to watch the Washington game. If for no other reason, then you might be kind of curious if Michael Penix is in your future and you've never seen him play. And so, uh, yeah, no, it doesn't bother me. It hasn't ruined the game for me. However, it has for other people, and I'm curious if it's ruined the game for you. If it's one of the, and I'll get to your calls here in a second, one of the um, complaints I hear is, well, John, you just kind of laid out today the Sun Bowl in El Paso with Oregon State and Notre Dame. Doesn't, nobody's playing, so therefore it doesn't mean anything. Uh, so you know, that, that's how it's ruined college football. I got news for you. The Sun Bowl hasn't meant anything for a long time. And it's not the Sun Bowl. It's any bowl that's not part of the playoff is doesn't mean anything. <laughs> it just doesn't. The ReliQuest Bowl, I mean, it means something to the folks at ReliQuest. It means something to the teams that are playing. But to everybody else, no, nobody. Arizona played Oklahoma in a bowl game last night. Who, who really cared except for Arizona and Oklahoma fans? Ah, that's right. Maybe a gambler or two. You know, stuck in Vegas somewhere. Uh, let's get to your calls here. Troy is jumping into the program with uh, John. And, uh, Troy, we welcome you in. Uh, and uh, kind of curious as to how you think about college football. Hey, Troy. Yeah, I, I still think college football is, is fantastic, like what Warren said. I'm, I'm, I'm completely agreeing with what Warren said. But the uh, I think these, the players that are opting out and everything, it, it's just, to me, here, to take for example, for example, Ford State. These kids got a chance to to go against the best college football team. I still think in college football right now, they have a chance to go against them on a national stage. The Orange Bowl, the Orange Bowl. This 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 is the first time I've seen the Orange Bowl in twenty thirty years. It's been played in the afternoon. It's an that's an eight o'clock game, and now they're going to play in the afternoon, the four o'clock. I, I just don't get it. Yeah, I'm not a fan of the 4 o'clock start for the Orange Bowl either. I grew up with the Orange Bowl actually being the very last bowl game to kick off. Used to be at New Year's Day, you had all the four big bowls. There were four at the time, right, the cotton, and then the you had the rose. Uh, cotton started it, then the rose, then the sugar, and then a half hour later, the orange. And like the top ten teams in the country, eight of them be playing each other, and we'd all be watching all four bowls to try to determine who was going to end up number one in the vote that night for the national champion. Have all these changes to college football, all this upheaval, has it ruined the game for you? 404-726-0929, Darren Richards, Xavier, stay right there. You're next on Sports Radio 92 on the game. 
here just now. John Fricke in for the Steakhouse today. Your calls at 404-726-0929. And something occurred to me as she was doing it, because I was, actually a couple things occurred to me. Number one is the Orange Bowl tomorrow, right, is a 4 o'clock start. This is not what Tanitra said, but it occurs to me. The NFL and college football have a, they talk, okay, and they have kind of agreements between each other. I mean, the NFL Network owns one of the All-Star games. Uh, so there's a, a lot of, you know, the back and forth that happens between the two. And with the Saturday night football game tomorrow night, it is a big one, and it'll be on 92 on the game, the Lions and the Cowboys, big game at 745. The Orange Bowl is not going head-to-head with it. The NFL is like, look, we're not going to step on your audience. You don't step on ours. That's why I think the Orange Bowl is a 4 o'clock start. Were it not on a Saturday if it were on a Tuesday or something, I think it'd be an eight o'clock start. But I, I think that's the reason that uh, that Georgia's starting at four o'clock. Now, the other thing that occurs to me, and Tanitra was talking about it with that little clip that she played, Oren, uh, from Florida State, of "Hey, you know, we should be national champions," and you know, and everybody's rolling their eyes, thinking, "Oh, you're the new Central Florida. You're just going to name yourself a national champion and hang a banner." But if there, there's going to be pressure on your Georgia Bulldogs now, Oren, because if it plays out, you know, Michigan, Washington, Florida State, all these teams, if it plays out to Florida State somehow, some way, I can't see it happening, but who knows? It's college football and weird things happen. The Florida State beats Georgia and, and ends up, Oren, if they beat Georgia, which is playing with pretty much its full team, and they end up as the only unbeaten team in the nation, the Associated Press uh, reserves the right to name its own national champion. They won't the do that. AP, the AP could name Florida State national champion. They won't do that. AP is not going to be that. Nah, they're not going to do that. If they're the only unbeaten team and they beat a Georgia team that has, is playing essentially at full strength? Yeah, they're not going to do that. Mm, yeah, let me ask you this. Though, now, let me ask you know. this. If the AP awarded Florida State a national championship, do you think Florida State would be like – all welcoming of it. Oh yeah! If, if I, it, I don't. If, if it didn't come through, now this isn't UCF. If it didn't come through the CFP, do you think Florida State now? Again. Oh yes. This isn't oh, UCF. Yeah, hang a banner. I this know. isn't UCF. This is Florida right. State. It's a different, different animal here. I, I don't think Florida yes, State. Everything were, go, oh, oh, sure they would. I no, mean, they, they would milk this for every. Oh, Oren, they would milk this for everything. Anyway, um, so it, my point it. is, is Georgia cannot <laughs> Georgia cannot lose to Florida State. Don't do that. <laughs> uh, don't do that. Don't do that. Four zero four seven two six zero nine two nine, and uh, we welcome you into the program. The question uh, today is pretty simple. It's ha- have all the this upheaval in college football. The portal, the NIL, all the transferings, the expansion, the Pac-12 crumbling, Florida State trying to end and will end, really. The ACC, uh, the Super Conference coming, all the opt-outs in the bowl games, all the change that is currently going on, the 12-team playoff that's coming in college football, and all the change that is going to happen in the future because we will get whatever it's called, Super Conference is going to happen. Has it ruined college football for you? Because a friend of mine said it's ruined it for him. Oren says, no, not so much. He still likes games. Me too. But if it's ruined it for you, I understand. I do. I mean, there are quarterbacks now in college football who have are making a million dollars a year. What did Matt Rule say? A million, million and a half was the going rate? Let's go to uh, Darren. He joins John. Uh, good morning to you, Darren. 
Hey, good morning. Thanks for having me. Um, I honestly pretty much agree with a lot of what y'all said. I wrote a paper back in college over a decade ago why kids should be getting paid. And I mean, I think we've just been spoiled for so long about like with the product on the field and being able to expect certain things out of different schools or different players where now they get to make real life decisions for themselves, their family, their future. And I think it's, I think honestly think it's great for them. I think it's great for the game, but expanding the playoff also, I, in my opinion, will eliminate some of the transfers because I mean, some of those teams will still have a chance outside of the top four. So I think, honestly, I think it's been great. All right. Let me ask you a question, Darren. Uh, are you still with me? Yeah. Okay. Um, I think to some degree, the transferring happens because of, uh, you know, there are various reasons, um, and, and making the, the playoff might be one of them. I think to a great degree what the transferring is about is, like, Dylan Gabriel, why would you leave Oklahoma to go to Oregon? Isn't that kind of a lateral move in terms of or maybe a slightly uptick at the moment in terms of your ability to make the playoff? Why did he go to Oregon? Because he got paid a lot more money. That's exactly. why. And I, not that I have a problem with it, by the way, I don't. Um, so I don't know how much, you know, expanding the playoffs will slow down the rate of, of, of players trying to opt out or uh, rather to uh, hit the portal. I think it'll probably maintain itself. But this is, Darren, this is one of the reasons I'm in favor of Super Conference happening is because when Super Conference happens, they're going to make their own rules and they can put some curbs on this that the NCAA can't do. Right. I appreciate it, Darren. Thanks. Uh, 404-726-0929. See, the SEC and the Big Ten are going to lead the way to Super Conference. All right? We've seen this coming for a long time. And Petiti and Sankey are going to meet in Nashville or Indianapolis probably about a year from now, and they're going to sit down. Those are the two commissioners. I think Greg Sankey ought to be appointed the first commissioner, president of the new College Football Alliance, whatever they're going to call it. And they're going to have to figure out how many teams do they want. Currently, they have 34. Uh, do we want 48? Do we want 64? Th- there'll be a cap because they don't want to split the pie too much, the television, the new television pie too much. Uh, and then they'll just merge. And one of the good things about there'll be a lot of good things about the merger, okay? And there'll be a lot of good things about Super Conference when we get there. Uh, number one is it won't be part of the NCAA. And so they'll just, as far as football goes, and so they'll be able to make their own rules, which means they can put some curbs on things like the portal and and when recruiting happens and signing days. I I want them to move signing day out of December and move it into February uh, again or maybe even into August. You know, maybe have two, one in February, one, but get it out of the season here. And I think they will because they don't want signing day to coexist with, uh, uh, you know, the 12-team playoff. It's just – too, these coaches are going, this is too much, you know, and the portal window has to be kind of outside of that too. And I think if you move the portal window after the playoffs, because one of the things you're going to have to brace for is the idea that we're going to get teams going into the playoff, the 12-team playoff, and guys are going to go into the portal, and they're not going to play in a playoff game. And you say, what do you mean they're not going to play in a playoff game? Because if you're one of the last four teams and you've got to go on the road in the opening round, in order to win a national title, you might have to play four more football games. Four more football games. You play a game on the road, then you play a quarterfinal game, then you play a semifinal game, then you play a national title game. You might have to play four more games. And there are going to be some players going, eh, I got an NFL career. I'm not going to be playing four more college football games and running that risk. 
Just keep that in mind. So have all these changes, uh, have they ruined college football? Let's go to Xavier here. Hey, Xavier, welcome to the show. Hey, what's going on, John? What's up, Owen? Um, I don't think it ruined the game. I think people are just not used to a product that involves exploitation no more. If they didn't let this last for so long, then people would have adapted and been all right with it by now. But this was necessary. This just shouldn't have went on for so long. Um, you have kids who now get to fish for better opportunities and they get paid and now they get security. So even when they do go out there and play, play, they transfer, they play and they get money. Cool. So if they break their leg, you don't, they don't made these institutions millions of dollars. And now at least they have something to fall back on. If that NFL career doesn't pay, uh, doesn't actually get to happen or they drop down in the draft or whatever the case may be. Not only that, but hey, this NIL been going on for a while now, and yet this year's college football playoffs is probably one of the most interesting, probably within the college football uh, playoff history. <laughs> it was so hard to pick your top four teams. So I really don't see how it ruined it. People just need to adapt to it and see what it is as far as it not exploiting the kids anymore. Yeah, I, 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 I wish you'd use a different word, Xavier, because I think exploitation is a little strong. Um, I, I agree with you, by the way. I just think that that's a strong word. Um, I don't know, you know John. That's past, a lot but, of hang money on, they right, were making. All right, Xavier, let me walk you through it, okay? All right. uh, I, I think that's the wrong word. I've been in favor of uh, you know paying the players for a long time um, and allowing them to, to make money, uh, you know, and – and, and I don't see why, you know, it always bothered me that they were treated differently than other students. And that was the biggest issue that I had, that they should not be treated any different than any other student is treated. And they were. They were treated differently, and there were curbs put on them and, and things that other students didn't face. If you were the greatest trombone player in the Stanford band, you could transfer to uh, Northwestern nobody would stop you. I mean, you're just transferring schools, and you're going to go play trombone in the Northwestern band. I mean, okay. But if you were the quarterback, you know, you had to, you know, you had to sit out a year. You had to, you know, get some kind of a waiver to play or, or something. It was like, what? You know, I mean, it was just silly to me. Understand that players have always had the ability to uh, be protected. If you were a um, – if you graded out, this is one thing that they did do. If you graded out, uh, they had – a minor amount of uh, all players always had a minor amount of insurance, like twenty-five to fifty thousand dollars. But if you graded out, like why did Peyton Manning come back for his senior year at Tennessee when he would have been the number one pick in the NFL draft after his junior year? Uh, he came back to try to win a national title, which he didn't do. Uh, obviously, lost the national title game, but um, he came back also with a uh, school paid, you know, like one million dollar you know, insurance policy uh, if he suffered a uh, career-ending injury. So he had a million dollars in insurance policy just in case something happened. Thankfully, as football fans, nothing did. I mean, he lost the football game. Got his butt kicked by Scott Frost. <laughs> but but nonetheless, uh, you know, he had a great career. Um, I, I agree with Xavier. I, I exploitation is a little bit, little bit stronger work. All right, uh, have uh, all these changes to college football that have existed to now and all the changes that are coming in the next two years, 
Um, have they ruined college football for you? I think one of the things the Super Conference that I, if I lay it out for you briefly when we get back, I think one of these things you're really going to like. I'm going to ask Warren if he's going to like it. That'll be next. From the top of the hour on Steakhouse with John Fricky today on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game.